you have to read the history of slavery to understand this. There were two kinds of Negroes. There was that old house Negro and the field Negro. And the house Negro always looked out for his master. When the field Negroes got too much out of line, he held them back in check. He put them back on the plantation. The house Negro could afford to do that because he lived better than the field Negro. He ate better. He dressed better. What is blackness? How did it emerge? And how do we see blackness today? White Americans define blackness through defining whiteness, the legal personhood of blacks before the Civil War, and the separation of socioeconomic status of African Americans during the antebellum period, which has led to interracial discrimination in the 21st century. Hello, I am Irie in Wallingford, Connecticut, and today I'll be dissecting blackness and its history and how blackness is still seen today. During the antebellum period of American history, miscegenation was popular amongst lower class and frowned upon in the upper class, which allowed for the reinforcement of the disapproval of even one drop of black. Miscegenation defined what whiteness wasn't and what blackness was. The intermixing in the lower class was very consensual, and most of the time, white and blacks did love each other. Slaves and indentured servants worked so closely together that they often intermixed. About 60,000 people were mixed by the time the 13 colonists, colonies became the U.S. The intermixing happened between whites, blacks, and Indians. In the upper class, intermixing was frowned upon, but still happened. In most cases, the intermixing was rape of female slaves or forced marriage for personal gain. Planters would often have white women servants marry a black slave in order to use their offspring as slaves. In the case of Elizabeth Keckley, it was rape. Elizabeth was a slave in Virginia and was raped by her owner. She later gave birth to his baby and she named it George. But she had to give it up to her owner's daughter because they wanted to hide this event. This was the first step to defining what blackness was by banning intermixing, but also shaming anyone who did intermix. Now that we have defined what it is to be white and what it is to be black through skin color, we can now talk about the legal personhood of blacks. At the beginning of American history, the Constitution was signed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. By saying that enslaved blacks weren't people, separated free blacks and enslaved blacks. Besides not only being considered not a person, they also had other lies that free blacks did not have. Enslaved blacks could not possess weapons, leave the plantation, or gather or marry. Free blacks lived a better life, but the rights that you receive depend a lot on where you were from. In the South, free blacks were under the umbrella of slavery, which means they were unable to travel or assemble as freely. This made it really hard to have churches and schools. Free blacks in the North were more free, but they still had discriminatory laws, but they could own land, homes, and businesses. Blackness was defined by the color of your skin and the location in which you lived. But when minority groups are oppressed, then the person being oppressed tries to escape the oppressive society by losing their identity and taking on a new one. This is just one form of resistance. In this case, if you were light enough, you could take on the identity of a white person. This was called passing. Passing was only capable in the period because they defined the blackness of someone of a darker complexion and having certain facial features. Arnold Hart conducted a study that studied native whites by age group. Because he studied age groups, he could see if there was passing happening. He was able to do this because age groups shouldn't increase, but they can decrease because of death. 
If it does increase, then we know that Black people were using the strategy of passing. In the study, we found that it did increase in the people between the ages of 10 and 14, meaning that Black people have started to pass in around the age of 10 and 14. So, not only was Blackness defined by the rights that free people, free Blacks got, but also the location. But this can be dissected even more. Along with slavery came socioeconomic status among African Americans. Even in the separation between enslaved Blacks and free Blacks, there were still subgroups. As Malcolm X stated, there was a big difference in who worked in the house and who worked in the field. House slaves were usually lighter-skinned because white people thought light-skinned Blacks were more aesthetically pleasing and were more civilized. According to the whiteness thesis, the preference for lighter-skinned Blacks raised their status relative to dark-skinned Blacks. There were also field slaves who were darker and were not favored. They often worked growing and harvesting crops, most of the time cotton. Field slaves received more abuse than house slaves. Then amongst the free slaves, there are three different groups. Rich Blacks that owned slaves, rich Blacks that sold slaves, and rich Blacks that helped slaves escape. William Ellison was born a slave in 1790. His mother was a slave and his father was the owner. But William was allowed to work as a cotton gin maker and could keep some of his wages. He eventually brought his freedom and moved to South Carolina. He hired African-Americans in his shop, but eventually started to realize he wasn't making as much as slave owners were making. Because he wanted to move up the social ladder, he started to purchase slaves. He was one out of 180 black slave masters, and most of these black slave masters were former slaves. There were also blacks that sold slaves like the Lafayette brothers. They were in the business of smuggling slaves and worked closely with the elite. They were considered the most ruthless of all Ghost Coast slave smugglers. Finally, they were rich blacks that helped slaves escape. Jan Fortin, for example, he was born a rich, free black man, and he was educated from a young age. Over time, he became an activist for women and black rights. He was even petitioned to Congress for the emancipation of slaves. Blackness was defined by defining whiteness, the legal personhood of blacks before the Civil War, and the separation of socioeconomic status amongst African Americans. Because of these things, blacks started to believe in the definition of blackness, and this caused interracial discrimination, which took two forms colorism and borderism. Colorism is a form of interracial discrimination among blacks that largely influence black identity. This can normally take form in which lighter skinned blacks are considered not black enough by darker skinned blacks. The other form is borderism, and that is associated with those who cross a color line by choosing not to align themselves with perceived black behavior or racial identity. This could be choosing activities that aren't common amongst the black community, like playing golf or tennis or speaking in a way that doesn't sound black. Even Barack and Michelle Obama talked about how black students get ridiculed for trying to obtain an education by other black people. Along with this constant shame of African Americans trying to obtain an education, there are many derogatory terms such as house negro, oreo, and acting white. There's a common question on whether the past 50 years has changed the way we view black people. I believe that our view has not changed, but we act differently. Although we have abolished slavery, blacks are still viewed as, in as inferior. But now we oppress people of our own race based off of skin color cult and cultural differences. The questions I have still yet to answer are how location affected interracial discrimination, in particular comparing the East and the West? How does religion play a factor into interracial discrimination? And finally, how does gender role play a role in interracial discrimination? These are questions I will leave you to think about. Thank you for following me through the journey of dissecting what blackness is, how it emerged, and how it is seen today.